Section 20 of The Life of Abraham Lincoln, Volume 2, by Ida Tarbell. The LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Appendix Part 3 Letters, Telegrams, and Speeches, October 1845 to December 1855. Williamson Durley, Springfield, October 3, 1845. When I saw you at home, it was agreed that I should write to you and your brother Madison until i then saw you i was not aware of your being what is generally called an abolitionist or as you call yourself a liberty man though i well knew there were many such in your country i was glad to hear that you intended to attempt to bring about at the next election in putnam a union of the whigs proper and such of the liberty men as are whigs in principle on all questions save only that of slavery so far as i can perceive by such union neither party need yield anything on the point in difference between them if the whig abolitionists of new york had voted with us last fall mr clay would now be president whig principles in the ascendant and texas not annexed whereas by the division all that either had at stake in the contest was lost and indeed it was extremely probable beforehand that such would be the result as i always understood the liberty men deprecated the annexation of texas extremely and this being so why they should refuse to cast their votes so as to prevent it even to me seemed wonderful what was their process of reasoning i can only judge from what a single one of them told me it was this we are not to do evil that good may come this general proposition is doubtless correct but did it apply if by your votes you could have prevented the extension etc of slavery would it not have been good and not evil so to have used your votes even though it involved the casting of them for a slaveholder by the fruit the tree is to be known an evil tree cannot bring forth good fruit if the fruit of electing mr clay would have been to prevent the extension of slavery could the act of electing have been evil but i will not argue further i perhaps ought to say that individually i never was much interested in the texas question i never could see much good to come of annexation inasmuch as they were already a free republican people on our own model on the other hand i never could very clearly see how the annexation would augment the evil of slavery it always seemed to me that slaves would be taken there in about equal numbers with or without annexation and if more were taken because of annexation still there would be just so many the fewer left where they were taken from it is probably true to some extent that with annexation some slaves might be sent to texas and continued in slavery that otherwise might have been liberated to whatever extent this may be true i think annexation an evil i hold it to be a paramount duty to us in the free states due to the union of the states and perhaps to liberty itself paradox though it may seem to let the slavery of the other states alone while on the other hand i hold it to be equally clear that we should never knowingly lend ourselves directly or indirectly to prevent that slavery from dying a natural death to find new places for it to live in when it can no longer exist in the old of course i am not now considering what would be our duty in cases of insurrection among the slaves to recur to the texas question i understand the liberty men to have viewed annexation as a much greater evil than i ever did and i would like to convince you if i could that they could have prevented it if they had chosen 
i intend this letter for you and madison together and if you and he or either shall think fit to drop me a line i shall be pleased yours with respect a lincoln original owned by c w durley princeton illinois dr robert bowl lakin illinois springfield january seventh eighteen forty six dear doctor since i saw you last fall i have often thought of writing you as it was then understood i would but on reflection i have always found that i had nothing new to tell you all has happened as i then told you i expected it would baker's declining hardin's taking the track and so on if hardin and i stood precisely equal if neither of us had been to congress or if we both had it would not only accord with what i have always done for the sake of peace to give way to him and i expect i should do it that i can voluntarily postpone my pretensions when they are no more than equal to those in which they are postponed you have yourself seen but to yield to harden under present circumstances seems to me as nothing else than yielding to one who would gladly sacrifice me altogether this i would rather not submit to that hardin is talented energetic usually generous and magnanimous i have before this affirmed to you and do not now deny you know that my only argument is that turnabout is fair play this he practically at least denies if it would not be taxing you too much i wish you would write me telling me the aspect of things in your country or rather your district and also send the names of some of your whig neighbors to whom i might with propriety write unless i can get someone to do this hardin with his old franking list will have the advantage of me my reliance for a fair shake and i want nothing more in your county is chiefly on you because of your position and standing and because i am acquainted with so few others let me hear from you soon yours truly a lincoln original owned by dr robert bowl lake in illinois john bennett springfield january fifteenth eighteen forty six friend john nathan dresser is here and speaks as though the contest between hardin and me is to be doubtful in menard county i know he is candid and this alarms me some i asked him to tell me the names of the men that were going strong for hardin he said morris was about as strong as any now tell me is morris going it openly you remember you wrote me that he would be neutral nathan also said that some man who he could not remember had said lately that menard county was going to decide the contest and that made the contest very doubtful do you know who that was don't fail to write me instantly on receiving telling me all particularly the names of those who are going strong against me yours as ever a lincoln original owned by e r elchin petersburg illinois springfield january twenty first eighteen forty six n j rockwell dear sir you perhaps know that general hardin and i have a contest for the whig nomination for congress for this district he has had a turn and my argument is turnabout is fair play i shall be pleased if this strikes you as a sufficient argument yours truly a lincoln james burden jacksonville illinois springfield april twenty sixth eighteen forty six james burden esq dear sir i thank you for the promptness with which you answered my letter from bloomington i also thank you for the frankness with which you comment upon a certain part of my letter 
because that comment affords me an opportunity of trying to express myself better than i did before seeing as i do that in that part of my letter you have not understood me as i intended to be understood in speaking of the dissatisfaction of men who yet mean to do no wrong etc i meant no special application of what i said to the wigs of morgan or of morgan and scott i only had in my mind the fact that previous to general hardin's withdrawal some of his friends and some of mine had become a little warm and i felt and meant to say that for them now to meet face to face and converse together was the best way to efface any remnant of unpleasant feeling if any such existed i did not suppose that general hardin's friends were in any greater need of having their feelings corrected than mine were since i saw you at jacksonville i have had no more suspicion of the wigs of morgan than of those of any other part of the district i write this only to try to remove any impression that i distrust you and the other whigs of your country yours truly a lincoln original owned by mrs mary burden tiffany springfield illinois james burden jacksonville illinois springfield may seventh eighteen forty six james burden esq dear sir it is a matter of high moral obligation if not of necessity for me to attend the coles and edwards courts i have some cases in both of them in which the parties have my promise and are depending upon me the court commences in coles on the second monday and in edgar on the third your court in morgan commences on the fourth monday and it is my purpose to be with you then and make a speech i mention the coles and edgar courts in order that if i should not reach jacksonville at the time named you may understand the reason why i do not however think there is much danger of my being detained as i shall go with a purpose not to be and consequently shall engage in no new cases that might delay me yours truly a lincoln original owned by mrs mary burden tiffany springfield illinois report of speech delivered at worcester massachusetts on september twelfth eighteen forty eight from the boston advertiser mr kellogg then introduced to the meeting the hon abram lincoln whig member of congress from illinois a representative of free soil mr lincoln has a very tall and thin figure with an intellectual face showing a searching mind and a cool judgment he spoke in a clear and cool and very eloquent manner for an hour and a half carrying the audience with him in his able arguments and brilliant illustrations only interrupted by warm and frequent applause he began by expressing a real feeling of modesty in addressing an audience this side of the mountains a part of the country where in the opinion of the people of his section everybody was supposed to be instructed and wise but he had devoted his attention to the question of the coming presidential election and was not unwilling to exchange with all whom he might the ideas to which he had arrived he then began to show the fallacy of some of the arguments against general taylor making his chief theme the fashionable statement of all those who oppose him the old locofocos as well as the new that he has no principles and that the weak party have abandoned their principles by adopting him as their candidate he maintained that general taylor occupied a high and unexceptionable whig ground and took for his first instance and proof of this statement in the allison letter with regard to the bank tariff rivers and harbors etc that the will of the people should produce its own results without executive influence 
the principle that the people should do what under the constitution they please is a whig principle all that general taylor is not only to consent but to appeal to the people to judge and act for themselves and this was no new doctrine for whigs it was the platform on which they had fought all their battles the resistance of executive influence and the principle of enabling people to frame the government according to their will general taylor consents to be the candidate and to assist the people to do what they think to be their duty and think to be best in their natural affairs but because he don't want to tell what we ought to do he is accused of having no principles the whigs here maintained for years that neither the influence the duress or the prohibition of the executive should control the legitimately expressed will of the people and now on that very ground general taylor says that he should use the power given him by the people to do to the best of his judgment the will of the people he is accused of want of principle and of inconsistency in position mr lincoln proceeded to examine the absurdity of an attempt to make a platform or creed for a national party to all parts of which all must consent and agree when it was clearly the intention and the true philosophy of our government that in congress all opinions and principles should be represented and that when the wisdom of all had been compared and united the will of the majority should be carried out on this ground he conceived and the audience seemed to go with him that general taylor held correct sound republican principles mr lincoln then passed to the subject of slavery in the states saying that the people of illinois agreed entirely with the people of massachusetts on this subject except perhaps that they did not keep so constantly thinking about it all agreed that slavery was an evil but that we were not responsible for it and cannot affect it in states of this union where we do not live but the question of the extension of slavery to new territories of this country is a part of our responsibility and care and is under our control in opposition to this mr l believed that the self-named free soil party was far behind the whigs both parties opposed the extension as he understood it this new party had no principle except this opposition if their platform held any other it was in such a general way that it was like the pair of pantaloons the yankee peddler offered for sale large enough for any man small enough for any boy they therefore had taken a position calculated to break down their single important declared object they were working for the election of either general cass or general taylor the speaker then went on to show clearly and eloquently the danger of extension of slavery likely to result from the election of general cass to unite with those who annexed the new territory to prevent the extension of slavery in that territory seemed to him to be in the highest degree absurd and ridiculous suppose these gentlemen succeed in electing mr van buren they had no specific means to prevent the extension of slavery to new mexico and california and general taylor he confidently believed would not encourage it and would not prohibit its restriction but if general cass was elected he felt certain that the plans of further extension of territory would be encouraged and those of the extension of slavery would meet no check the free soil men in claiming that name indirectly attempts a deception by implying that whigs were not free soil men 
in declaring that they would do their duty and leave the consequences to god merely gave an excuse for taking a course they were not able to maintain by a fair and full argument to make this declaration did not show what their duty was if it did we should have no use for judgment we might as well be made without intellect and when divine or human law does not clearly point out what is our duty we have no means of finding out what it is by using our most intelligent judgment of the consequences if there were divine law or human law for voting for martin van buren or if a fair examination of the consequences and first reasoning would show that voting for him would bring about the ends they pretended to wish then he would give up the argument but since there was no fixed law on the subject and since the whole probable result of their action would be an assistance in electing general cass he must say that they were behind the whigs in their advocacy of the freedom of the soil mr lincoln proceeded to rally the buffalo convention for forbearing to say anything after all the previous declarations of those members who were formerly whigs on the subject of the mexican war because the van burens had been known to have supported it he declared that of all of the parties asking the confidence of the country this new one had less of principle than any other he wondered whether it was still the opinion of these free soil gentlemen as declared in the whereas at buffalo that the whig and democratic parties were both entirely dissolved and absorbed into their own body had the vermont election given them any light they had calculated on making as great an impression in that state as in any part of the union and there their attempts had been wholly ineffectual their failure there was a greater success than they would find in any other part of the union mr lincoln went on to say that he honestly believed that all those who wished to keep up the character of the union who did not believe in enlarging our field but in keeping our fences where they are and cultivating our present possessions making it a garden improving the morals and education of the people devoting the administrations to this purpose all real whigs friends of good honest government the race was ours he had opportunities of hearing from almost every part of the union from reliable sources and had not heard of a country in which we had not received accessions from other parties if the true whigs come forward and join these new friends they need not have a doubt we had a candidate whose personal character and principles he had already described whom he could not eulogize if he would general taylor had been constantly perseveringly quietly standing up doing his duty and asking no praise or reward for it he was and must be just the man to whom the interests principles and prosperity of the country might be safely entrusted he had never failed in anything he had undertaken although many of his duties had been considered almost impossible mr lincoln then went into a terse though rapid review of the origin of the mexican war and the connection of the administration and general taylor with it from which he deduced a strong appeal to the whigs present to do their duty in the support of general taylor and closed with the warmest aspirations for and confidence in a deserved success at the close of this truly masterly and convincing speech the audience gave three enthusiastic cheers for illinois and three more for the eloquent whig member from that state j gillespie 
springfield illinois may nineteenth eighteen forty nine dear gillespie butterfield will be commissioner of the general land office unless prevented by strong and speedy efforts ewing is for him and he is only not appointed yet because old zack hangs fire i have reliable information of this now if you agree with me that his appointment would dissatisfy rather than gratify the whigs of this state that it would slacken their energies in future contests that his appointment in forty one is an old sore with them which they will not patiently have reopened in a word that his appointment now would be a fatal blunder to the administration and our political men here in illinois write mr crittenden to that effect he can control the matter were you to write ewing i fear the president would never hear of your letter this may be mere suspicion you might directly to old zack you will be the best judge of the propriety of that not a moment's time is to be lost let this confidential except with mr edwards and a few others whom you know i would trust just as i do you yours as ever a lincoln original owned by mrs josephine g prickett edwardsville illinois secretary of interior washington d c springfield illinois june third eighteen forty nine honorable secretary of interior dear sir vandalia the receiver's office at which place is the subject of the within is not in my district and i have been much perplexed to express any preference between dr stapp and mr remen if any one man is better qualified for such an office than all others dr stapp is that man still i believe a large majority of the whigs of the district prefer mr remen who also is a good man perhaps the papers on file will enable you to judge better than i can the writers of the within are good men residing within the land district your obedient servant a lincoln original owned by c f gunther chicago illinois j gillespie springfield july thirteenth eighteen forty nine dear gillespie mr edwards is unquestionably offended with me in connection with the matter of the general land office he wrote a letter against me which was filed at the department the better part of one's life consists of his friendships and of them mine with mr edwards was one of the most cherished i have not been false to it at a word i could have had the office any time before the department was committed to mr butterfield at least mr ewing and the president say as much that word i forbore to speak partly for other reasons but chiefly for mr edwards sake losing the office that he might gain it i was always for but to lose his friendship by the effort for him would oppress me very much were i not sustained by the utmost consciousness of rectitude i first determined to be an applicant unconditionally on the second of june and i did so then upon being informed by a telegraphic dispatch that the question was narrowed down to mr b and myself and that the cabinet had postponed the appointment three weeks for my benefit not doubting that mr edwards was wholly out of the question i nevertheless would not then have become an applicant had i supposed he would thereby be brought to suspect me of treachery to him two or three days afterwards a conversation with levi davis convinced me mr edwards was dissatisfied but i was then too far in to get out his own letter written on the twenty fifth of april after i had fully informed him of all that had passed up to within a few days of that time 
gave assurance i had that entire confidence from him which i felt my uniform and strong friendship for him entitled me to among other things it says whatever course your judgment may dictate as proper to be pursued shall never be accepted to by me i also had had a letter from washington saying chambers of the republic had brought a rumor then that mr e had declined in my favor which rumor i judged came from mr e himself as i had not then breathed of his letter to any living creature in saying i had never before the twenty second of june determined to be an applicant unconditionally i mean to admit that before then i had said substantially i would take the office rather than it should be lost to the state or given to one in the state whom the whigs did not want but i aver that in every instance in which i spoke of myself i intended to keep and now believe i did keep mr e above myself mr edwards first suspicion was that i had allowed baker to overreach me as his friend in behalf of don morrison i knew this was a mistake and the result has proved it i understand his view now is that if i had gone to open war with baker i could have ridden him down and had the thing all my own way i believe no such thing with baker and some strong man from the military tract and elsewhere for morrison and we and some strong man from the wabash and elsewhere for mr e it was not possible for either to succeed i believed this in march and i know it now the only thing which gave either any chance was the very thing baker and i proposed an adjustment with themselves you may wish to know how butterfield finally beat me i cannot tell you particulars now but will when i see you in the meantime let it be understood i am not greatly dissatisfied i wish the offer had been so bestowed as to encourage our friends in future contests and i regret exceedingly mr edwards feelings towards me these two things away i should have no regrets at least i think i would not write me soon your friend as ever a lincoln original owned by mrs josephine g prickett edwardsville illinois dr william fithian danville illinois dear doctor your letter of the ninth was received a day or two ago the notes and mortgages you enclosed me were duly received i also got the original blanchard mortgage from antrim campbell with whom blanchard had left it for you i got a degree of foreclosure on the whole but owing to there being no redemption on the sale to be under the blanchard mortgage the court allowed mobley till the first of march to pay the money before advertising for sale stuart was empowered by mobley to appear for him and i had to take such decree as he would consent to or none at all i cast the matter about in my mind and concluded that as i could not get a decree now would put the accrued interest at interest and thereby more than match the fact of throwing the blanchard debt back from twelve to six per cent it was better to do it this is the present state of the case i can well enough understand and appreciate your suggestions about the land office at danville but in my present condition i can do nothing yours as ever a lincoln original owned by dr p h fithian springfield illinois springfield january eleventh eighteen fifty one c hoyt esq my dear sir our case is decided against us the decision was announced this morning very sorry but there is no help the history of the case since it came here is this on friday morning last 
mr joy filed his papers and entered his motion for a mandamus and urged me to take up the motion as soon as possible i already had the points and authorities sent me by you and mr goodrich but had not studied them i began preparing as fast as possible the evening of the same day i was again urged to take up the case i refused on the ground that i was not ready and on which plea i also got off over saturday but on monday the fourteenth i had to go into it we occupied the whole day i using the large part i made every point and used every authority sent me by yourself and by mr goodrich and in addition all the points i could think of and all the authorities i could find myself when i closed the argument on my part a large package was handed me which proved to be the plat you sent me the court received it of me but it was not different from the plat already on the record i do not think i could ever have argued the case better than i did i did nothing else but prepare to argue and argue this case from friday morning till monday evening very sorry for the result but i do not think it could have been prevented your friend as ever a lincoln original owned by family of mr ned ames higgins washington d c november fourth eighteen fifty one dear mother chapman tells me he wants you to go and live with him if i were you i would try it a while if you get tired of it as i think you will not you can return to your own home chapman feels very kindly to you and i have no doubt he will make your situation very pleasant sincerely your son a lincoln from herndon's life of lincoln addressed john d johnston charleston coles county illinois springfield november twenty fifth eighteen fifty one john d johnston dear brother your letter of the twenty second is just received your proposal about selling the east forty acres of land is all that i want or could claim for myself but i am not satisfied with it on mother's account i want her to have her living and i feel that it is my duty to some extent to see that she is not wronged she had a right of dower that is the use of one-third for life in the other two forties but it seems she has already let you take that hook and line she now has the use of the whole of the east forty as long as she lives and if it be sold of course she is entitled to the interest on all the money it brings as long as she lives but you propose to sell it for three hundred dollars take one hundred away with you and leave her two hundred at eight per cent making her the enormous sum of sixteen dollars a year now if you are satisfied with treating her in that way i am not it is true that you are to have that forty for two hundred dollars at mother's death but you are not to have it before i am confident that land can be made to produce for mother for at least thirty dollars a year and i cannot to oblige any living person consent that she shall be put on an allowance of sixteen dollars a year yours etc a lincoln original owned by mr william h lambert philadelphia pennsylvania the superscription of the letter is as here printed but the caption omits the town and state Pekin, May twelfth, eighteen fifty three, Mr. Joshua R. Stanford, Sir, I hope the subject matter of this letter will appear a sufficient apology to you for the liberty I, a total stranger, take in addressing you. The persons here holding two lots under a conveyance made by you as the attorney of Daniel M. Bailey, now nearly twenty-two years ago, are in great danger of losing the lots 
and very much perhaps all is to depend on the testimony you give as to whether you did or did not account to bailey for the proceeds received by you on this sale of the lots i therefore as one of the counsel beg of you to fully refresh your recollection by any means in your power before the time you may be called on to testify if persons should come about you and show a disposition to pump you on the subject it may be no more than prudent to remember that it may be possible they design to misrepresent you and embarrass the real testimony you may ultimately give it may be six months or a year before you are called on to testify respectfully a lincoln original owned by homer stanford of alton illinois confidential springfield september seventh eighteen fifty four honorable j m palmer dear sir you know how anxious i am that this nebraska measure shall be rebuked and condemned everywhere of course i hope something from your position yet i do not expect you to do anything which may be wrong in your own judgment nor would i have you do anything personally injurious to yourself you are and always have been honestly and sincerely a democrat and i know how painful it must be to an honest sincere man to be urged by his party to the support of a measure which in his conscience he believes to be wrong you have had a severe struggle with yourself and you have determined not to swallow the wrong is it not just to yourself that you should in a few public speeches state your reasons and thus justify yourself i wish you would and yet i say don't do it if you think it will injure you you may have given your word to vote for major harris and if so of course you will stick to it but allow me to suggest that you should avoid speaking of this for it probably would induce some of your friends in like manner to cast their votes you understand and now let me beg your pardon for obtruding this letter upon you to whom i have ever been opposed in politics had your party omitted to make nebraska a test of party fidelity you probably would have been the democratic candidate for congress in the district you deserved it and i believe it would have been given you in that case i should have been quite happy that nebraska was to be rebuked at all events i still should have voted for the whig candidate but i should have made no speeches written no letters and you would have been elected by at least a thousand majority yours truly a lincoln original owned by mr william h lambert philadelphia pennsylvania clinton dewitt county november tenth eighteen fifty four mr charles hoyt dear sir you used to express a good deal of partiality for me and if you are still so now is the time some friends here are really for me for the u s senate and i should be very grateful if you could make a mark for me among your members please write me at all events giving me the names post offices and political position of members round about you direct to springfield let this be confidential yours truly a lincoln original owned by mrs c l hoyt of aurora illinois copy springfield december first eighteen fifty four j gillespie esq my dear sir i have really got it into my head to try to be united states senator and if i could have your support my chances would be reasonably good but i know and acknowledge that you have as just claims to the place as i have and therefore i cannot ask you to yield to me if you are thinking of becoming a candidate yourself if however you are not then i should like to be remembered affectionately by you 
and also to have you make a mark for me with the anti-nebraska members down your way if you know and have no objection to tell let me know whether trumbull intends to make a push if he does i suppose the two men in st clair and one or both in madison will be for him we have the legislature clearly enough on joint ballot but the senate is very close and cullum told me to-day that the nebraska men will stave off the election if they can even if we get into joint vote we shall have difficulty to unite our forces please write me and let this be confidential your friend as ever a lincoln original owned by mrs josephine gillespie prickett of edwardsville illinois sanford porter and stryker new york city springfield march tenth eighteen fifty five messrs sanford porter and stryker new york gentlemen yours of the fifth is received as also was that of the fifteenth december last enclosing bond of clift to pray when i received the bond i was dabbling in politics and of course neglecting business having since been beaten out i have gone to work again as i do not practice in rushville i to-day open a correspondence with henry e drummond esq of beardstown illinois with the view of getting the job into his hands he is a good man if he will undertake it write me whether i shall do this or return the bond to you very respectfully a lincoln original owned by the skeniatilis library skeniatilis new york december thirteenth eighteen fifty five dear sir you will confer a favor on me if you will send me the congressional globe during the present session please have it directed to me i will pay for the same when you visit your family yours respectfully a lincoln original formerly owned by colonel thomas donaldson loaned by stan v henkels of philadelphia pennsylvania End of section twenty.